Hey, it's Susan, and welcome to the Meditative Shift Podcast. Today we're diving deep into the most sought-out world of happiness, and we're going to explore the neurochemicals responsible for it and discuss other perspectives that can actually help you find your own path to joy. Have you ever felt like happiness is this elusive thing you've always constantly been chasing and it's just out of your reach? Well, you know, you're not alone. In our modern world where stress and uncertainty seems to be the norm, this pursuit of happiness has become a universal quest that actually transcends all cultural boundaries and spans all living beings. But have you ever really wondered why we're wired to seek out happiness? You know, is it hardwired into our brains, compelling us to pursue it in various aspects of our lives? Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, once said, happiness is the meaning and purpose of life and the whole aim and end of human existence. And you know, his words still hold true today. So exactly what is true purpose of life if not to live a happy one. In this episode, we'll explore the science of happiness, really unraveling the secrets of this elusive emotion and its profound impact on our well-being. But let's begin by taking a closer look at the neurochemicals of joy and their influence on our happiness. You know, in the quest for happiness, there are four key players, according to science, that emerge. Dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, and serotonin. And these chemicals not only influence our emotional states, but they also have a significant impact on our overall well-being. Let's start with dopamine. Dopamine is often called the reward neurotransmitter, and there's lots of hearsay about that now. People trying to just pinpoint this dopamine neurochemical because it's associated with pleasure, motivation, reinforcement, learning. And it's actually released when we experience something pleasurable, creating a sense of euphoria. Well, think about that feeling when you accomplish a goal, right? Or you have a delicious meal, or you go shopping, or you're engaging in social media. You know, engaging in this or something that's meaningful besides social media, that's a social interaction. Well, this is where dopamine is at play. And one way to boost dopamine naturally is through a balanced diet. You know, there's certain nutrients like amino acids, vitamins, minerals, and healthy fats that actually support dopamine synthesis and proper neurotransmitter function. When I design diets for people, we talk about having some lean protein, whole grains, leafy greens, and foods rich in antioxidants. And all of those help with the neurotransmitter function. But in this case, happiness isn't just about diet. Setting and achieving goals can also trigger dopamine release too. You know, the anticipation, the reward prediction, the satisfaction, all of this contributes to our happiness. You know, that's what social media psychology feeds upon and why so many people can't resist being consumed by it. Now let's talk about oxytocin. That's often dubbed the love hormone. 
And this chemical is all about social bonding, trust, and emotional connection. And we know that over the last several years, we've had some issues with social bonding because we haven't seen each other. Trust is another one, and emotional connection. And it's released during moments of physical touch, social interactions, and intimacy. So oxytocin is really another important neurochemical. Endorphins, on the other hand, are our natural painkillers. That's the third one. And they kick in during physical activities like exercise, laughter, and even when we get minorly injured. But endorphins bring euphoria and reduce pain perception, and they make us feel good. And then there's serotonin, the mood regulator. Low serotonin levels are linked to conditions like depression and anxiety. So maintaining a healthy serotonin balance is crucial for our emotional well-being. And we also know that we have more serotonin in our gut than actually in our brain. That's manufactured in the gut is more. So it's very important to keep your microbiome very healthy. Even though it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier, serotonin has many uh, physiological functions within the body that also are crucial for, crucial for emotional well-being. So to stimulate the release of these neurochemicals naturally, we need to engage in regular physical activity. This is no surprise to anyone. Practice relaxation and meditation. Cultivate social human-to-human -human connections. And pursue activities that bring joy. But here's the catch. Our modern world challenges the balance of these neurochemicals. Social media, for instance, while connecting us globally, can lead to feelings of loneliness and depression. Overstimulation of dopamine through likes and notifications may, and in fact, I think they do, disrupt our brain's reward system. Science shows it. And let's not forget, as I mentioned, the impact of poor diet. Consuming too much sugar and processed foods can disrupt the gut-brain axis, affecting the production and regulation of these chemicals. Excessive sugar intake has also been linked to decrease serotonin levels. So the quartet of dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, and serotonin really shapes our emotional experiences and well-being. And science provides those insights and their roles, insights into the roles and how to boost them naturally. But you know, striking the right balance requires that we have full awareness, moderation, and an understanding of this intricate interplay between our brains and the world around us. Finding happiness isn't as simple as a quick dopamine fix, so keep that in mind. It's a complex phenomenon influenced by our genetics, life circumstances, as well as, here's where we go with individual perspectives. And this is where meditation training comes in and mantra meditation, of course. Our perceptions and our perspectives, they really influence how we view the world and ourselves. Because true and lasting happiness does involve nurturing our mental and emotional well-being. And you know, people talk about we could practice gratitude, being present, meaningful connections, but mostly really do some inner self-care, engaging in the practice, a real systematic practice on a daily basis of meditation 
sometimes people say it's too hard. But, you know, a systematic and complete meditation practice can really make some, help you make some profound changes in your life. And it does require learning the skills, uh, learning the skills very, you know, very competently and not, not, let's say when we're doing the practice, not missing any of the steps. It's going on the trajectory of exactly head, neck, and trunk align, following the breath, getting into breath awareness, and, you know, following that and then bringing ourselves into meditation. Understanding the science of happiness does empower us to make intentional choices that promote our well-being. And it is a dynamic interplay between brain chemistry, as I just mentioned, thoughts and actions. And thoughts and actions change over time as we level up or elevate our own mindset. So keep this in mind. The next time you seek happiness, remember it's about more than just dopamine surges. It's about creating a life aligned, bringing our life into a meditative shift. Doesn't mean meditation necessarily, a meditative shift where we have values that are comparable to happiness. We find joy being in the present and we nurture our mental and emotional well-being. And here are some interesting perspectives about happiness that I've come across over the years, and I'd like to share them with you. And because they're very profound and they're not just talking about the neurochemicals, because true happiness, I believe, stems from really having an understanding, our, an understanding of ourselves from within. Again, we're bringing our mind, we're guarding our mind, bringing it back into the home base, rather than seeking validation or identity from external sources, such as our professions or material possessions. You know, true happiness is a recognition that we're interconnected beings, not separate from everyone else. You know, in the words of Buddha, in separateness lies the world's greatest misery, and in compassion lies the world's true strength. Another perspective that I've come across is the key to happiness lies not in our external circumstances, which is a continuation from what I just said, or who we are, but in the realm of our thoughts. You know, negativity can become a habitual pattern that tightly binds the mind, leading to its own misery. And to break free from this cycle, we have to consciously choose to create new habits and override the negative patterns ingrained in our brains. While it may seem paradoxical, the familiarity of negativity can make us comfortable with the sadness. Again, another Buddha quote, we are shaped by our thoughts. We become what we think. When the mind is pure, joy follows like a shadow that never leaves. A third perspective is Cultivating a disciplined mind is instrumental in experience happiness. By stepping back from the sensory overload of our minds, we can discern what truly supports our well-being and what doesn't, you know, through our actions, thoughts, and relationships. How do we relate to them? Happiness doesn't lie in accumulating more possessions. 
Instead, it thrives in our ability to give generously. You know, recognizing that we already have enough and shifting our focus from self-absorption to the act of love and kindness can actually bring an immense joy. The fourth perspective is really recognizing that obstacles are an inherent part of life. We cannot navigate the world without encountering them. It's just not so. You know, developing our inner knowledge and recognizing the impermanence of this external phenomena that takes place is essential. And when our internal understanding, here I'm saying the internal understanding, knowing ourselves, aligns with our external experiences, we begin to experience true happiness. You know, we acknowledge ourselves as users of the objects of the world, our body, mind, and ego, rather than being defined by them. You know, attachment to objects or thoughts, you know, where we find our happiness, you know, from their possessions, this inevitably leads to misery. And it's clear, like if we find fault in someone else, we should really go to ourselves, deep within ourselves, and see what triggers within ourselves. It's usually the same characteristic that we're resenting in someone else. It lies within us. Remembering that the world is meant to be visited, not owned, and it and making peace with the impermanence. And they're all the things that do alleviate suffering. So change, in other words, get a, really just simply adjust to any change. Gratitude is another gateway to happiness. When we learn to appreciate and be grateful for everything we already have, even the simple act of breathing, you know, life takes on a joy, a joyful hue here, you know. And there's another quote from Buddha here who said, happiness will never come to those who fail to appreciate what they already have. So cultivating gratitude for the present moment and all its blessings that are available to us opens the door to being a more fulfilling and really contented or satisfied existence, I should say. You know, in light of these insights, I really invite you to explore the nature of your own happiness and reflect upon your own understanding. What does it mean to you? What can you learn from your own experiences and teachings of ancient science? You know, how might shifting your perspective, that's what the meditative shift is all about, and focus on internal growth, bring greater happiness into your life? How might establishing inner self-care and a balanced lifestyle change your perspective? And I'd love to hear from you on some of these perspectives that you have, because I use the very material that I get from all of you, audience, listeners, to design the next episode that I would do. But before we wrap up today's episode, I really would like to introduce you to the new program that I just put out, the Vital Energy Reset Program. You know, if you're inspired by our discussion on happiness with neurochemicals and the science of well-being, this program could be of some benefit. And it offers a comprehensive approach to really creating a systematic approach to happiness and well-being. And I incorporate scientifically backed strategies, optimizing nutrition, physical activity, uh, being self-aware, social engagement. 
and I guide people through each step of the cleansing, nourishing, rejuvenation system, our own vitality wheel, I call it, that actually propels us along to create that stability and foundation that we need in order to generate happiness from within. Happiness, it turns out that it's not something we go after. It's something we already have within us, as I just mentioned. We just need to clear up some of the clutter and find it. It starts with a healthy body. That's why I just mentioned the Vital Energy Reset Program, so that we can keep our minds strong and clear. Slowly letting go of some of that clutter in the quest to find true happiness is the way to go. It's a work in progress. It's never ending. And there are some things to do. And I'll end, since I brought Buddha into this episode with us, I'll end with a quote from him. If you're quiet enough, you will hear the flow of the universe. You'll feel its rhythm. So go with the flow. Happiness does lie ahead. And meditation is the key. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And thanks for tuning in to the Meditative Shift podcast. It's now available on YouTube also as a YouTube podcast. So please subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube to help support the channel. And visit SusanTaylor.org to connect there for any additional resources and information. And again, if you have time and have any interest, check out the newly released Vital Energy Reset Program. And again, thanks for listening.